Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Spill the D. I'm Rick, one of your co-hosts, uh, joined, as always, by my fantastic co-host, Gina. And we are once again joined by our good friend, Bruce Beal. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing really good. How are you guys doing? I'm doing good, too. Doing well. Hey, we're all doing well. I'm so excited to talk about today's topic, answering some questions from vacation planners. We have some really good ones. They send in a lot. So um, who knows? This could end up being a two-parter, depending on how long it takes. Yeah, I think this whole episode is going to be really good and a lot of useful information. I know the news stories we had to talk about include some in-park experiences that are new, as well as the highly anticipated release of 2024 reservations and the Disney dining plan. And then you you follow that up with some uh, commonly asked questions from Disney vacation planners. I, I think today's episode is going to be really helpful for those who are looking to book their family vacation in the coming year. Whether it's your first time or you've been there a thousand times. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Th- these episodes are always so fun, talking about strategy and the best way to experience the parks and resorts. It always just makes for a fun conversation. Sharing all of that information everyone always told me would be useless. Yeah. Look at it now. <laughs> <laughs> I love doing stuff like this because I always feel like I, ha- I have a question answered that I didn't even know I had. What do you mean? Like... We'll bring up a question, and I didn't even know I had that question, and then I get the answer to it, and oh, uh, okay, off for it. Ooh, I didn't know I needed to know that exactly, or that I wanted to know that. <laughs> and I feel like that happens every time we do an episode like this. So. Yeah, I agree. I'm excited. But first, we do have the news. It is definitely quality over quantity this week. There is not much. You're right. There, there's not too many stories in terms of quantity, but we have a lot to, to unpack here with uh, future reservation information. So to get us started, uh, 2024 reservations at Walt Disney World are now available to book. So if any of our listeners... Uh, you know, are looking to book their 2024 family vacation, now's the time to get in contact with a vacation planner because those are now available to book. And in addition to 2024 reservations being open today, the Disney dining plan is now available for vacation packages with arrivals on or after January 9th, 2024. So I'll tell you what, guys, today, the 31st, has been an incredibly busy day with the opening of 2024 reservations. Our vacation planners have been working so hard. They're so dedicated to their clients. They have been, you know, booking Online, the server has crashed, uh, or the uh, the site has crashed uh, several times. Um, they have switched to calling in reservations, and they've gone back to online reservations. So they have been working so hard. So I just want to say a big thank you to them. Kudos for all of the work that they do in getting our clients booked for 2024. So it's really exciting for our clients to know that their vacation is booked and ready to go for the, the year ahead. But behind the scenes, it has been a lot of work by our vacation planners. So I, I do want to personally and professionally say a big thank you to them on what has been a really, really big day. I think that really shows one of the perks of using a vacation planner too. Some of them spent their entire day since 6 a.m. this morning worrying about this. And if you aren't someone who can put that time into it, using a vacation planner makes it a thousand times easier for you with booking your Disney vacation. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, internally we, we were joking that the, it's been pretty similar to buying Taylor Swift tickets through Ticketmaster that, you know, you, you get on and get that, that buffer circle. And it's like, Oh, you're in the queue. You're out of the queue. You're in the queue. You're out of the queue. So if any of the listeners have went to a Taylor Swift concert or bought tickets, that's what it's been like today for our, our vacation planners and wait times on, on the phone were two, three hours long. It's been quite the day, but again, very exciting. So uh, with that, I do want to give some of the details surrounding the Disney dining plan that is now available for those vacation packages for arrivals post January 9th uh, of next year. So uh, the Disney dining plan is back. You can now add it to vacation packages for, for next year, like I said. So let's talk about a little bit about what's included. So the Disney dining plan is broken up into two categories. First one is the quick service dining plan. The second, the more robust plan is just called the Disney dining plan. So not to get those two confused, there's the quick service plan and then just the Disney dining plan. So what's included in the quick service plan? Everyone in the party ages three and over receives the following. 
two quick service meals, one snack, if that snack is to be used, it needs to be a non-alcoholic drink, and then one resort refillable drink mug. So that's two quick service meals and a snack per day. And of course, the resort refillable uh, drink mug is what guests receive when they first show up at the resort that can be used for refills from the self-service beverage islands at any Disney Resort Hotel quick service location. So that's what's included. Now, the two quick service meals and the one snack is based on per night of stay. So, for example, if a client books a four-night package with a Disney quick service dining plan, each guest, ages three and up, in the party would receive eight quick service meals and four snacks. And that can be used at any time during the four-night stay. So whatever they don't use does roll over to the next day for the duration of the trip. And then they all expire at midnight of the day that they check out of their hotel. So if you do go ahead and use the two quick service meals one day, but you did not use the snack, that snack's going to roll over to the next day and you could have two snacks that next day. Gene and Rick, have you used the, the quick service plan before? And what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's actually the one that we had January of 2020. We did it. Mm -hmm. And I thoroughly enjoyed the convenience of it. Being as cheap as we are, we actually did it and tried to test. If we would have spent more out of pocket than we did with the dining plan. And I believe we said it was about the same. Yeah. But the convenience of it is what sold it for me. Being able to just scan my magic band and get the food was so great. Yeah, I loved having the dining plan. Same thing for the convenience. And then... I didn't feel like I was worried about spending money on food while I was there because I already spent it. So it was just like, oh, I already spent this money. Let me just use it so I can get my food and not feel like I'm spending money I don't need to. You weren't getting the cheaper burger to save money. You were getting yeah, the more expensive exactly. burger because you already paid for exactly. it. Exactly. Right. Exactly. There, there's a lot of peace of mind when you go ahead and you pay for that up front. It just does, you know, it doesn't feel as bad each time that you go to eat because it's like built into your vacation. So mm -hmm. a lot of our clients really enjoy using the dining plan uh, for that reason. And so uh, you guys bring up a good point about the convenience. So Disney has released a couple of steps on how to use the dining plan on DisneyWorld.com. There's a list of the restaurants that uh, participate in the dining plans, both for quick service and the Disney dining plan itself. So you can go online and check out the list of restaurants that participate in the program. When you first arrive at the restaurant, you just show your, your ID and that can include your magic band, your Disney magic mobile pass, key to the world card. And you would show that to your server or the cashier at that participating restaurant. And if you're looking to track, you know, where you are with remaining snacks, remaining meals, you can actually view that information on the My Disney Experience app or check your most recent dining receipt. And that information will be there as well. So that'll help you keep track of what you have remaining. So to your point, incredibly easy to use. And you have that peace of mind that's already paid for. And now you're just there to eat. So... So the dining plan, whether it be the quick service plan or regular dining plan, it can only be added to vacation packages, which means hotel reservation and tickets are part of the same package. So in this case, you would have the hotel, your park tickets, and the meals all included in one vacation package. As a very approximate breakdown of the price, because it's hard to gauge what the price is depending on the amount of guests, you know, right here on the show. But as kind of a very approximate ballpark figure, we're looking at somewhere between around $57 per adult and $26 per child for the day. So that that's the quick service plan. As for the details of the Disney dining plan, and, and this one's the, the upgraded one or the regular one, if you will. Everyone in the party, ages three and over, receives one quick service meal, one table service meal, one snack, and one resort refillable mug. And so that's going to you know give you some of those prime Disney restaurants on property, whether it be in the parks or at the resorts. So the Disney dining plan is going to work the same way as the quick service. You're going to show them your uh, My Disney Experience account or your room key to show them that you are on the dining plan. And this one is going to be approximately $95 per adult and $32 per child. And that's per night. So the thing is, is when you break down the numbers, so $57 per adult, two quick service meals, you know, you're probably looking at about uh, 15 to $20 per, per meal there. And then plus the snack. 
And so breaking even pretty close um, mm-hmm. on this plan, but then you're going to get that resort refillable mug that's like $25 at the hotel resort. And you're going to get that for free and all your refills for free at the resorts. As for the Disney dining plan, the $95 per adult, there are table service restaurants where you're easily spending $30, $40, uh, $50 per meal. So to have that plus the quick service meal, the snack and the mug, to your guys' point earlier, even if you do break even, it's just a peace of mind when you sit down at the table that you can order anything that Mm. is eligible for the plan. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to pull out your credit card or cash at the table and kind of have that uh, worry as you sit down with the family. So we're really excited that the Disney dining plans are back. I know a lot of our clients have really been anticipating uh, this return eligible for vacation packages that the check-in date is January 9, 2024 or later. So convenient because I'm going to be there in January of 2024 and I leave on the 9th. There you go. (laughs) It's always how it goes, right? (laughs) (laughs) You're just missing it. Just missed it. No, I think it can definitely be a great deal, especially if you pick the right restaurants, the right quick services. So definitely can be worth it, and I'm excited that it's back. Yeah, I very much enjoyed it when we had it, so I'm excited to get it again. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Well, thank you for all the details, Bruce. And then we only have one more piece of news, like we said, quality over quantity on today's. So the only other thing we have, you can now meet the live-action Ariel. She is officially in Hollywood Studios. Mm -hmm. She is at the end of the Walt Disney Presents One Man's Dream, which I also highly recommend you go in there. It is so cool Mm -hmm. seeing the full Walt Disney history. Such a cool place in the air conditioning to visit. But then you get to meet Ariel at the end. Yeah. I'm excited about this. I have yet to see the movie. I do anticipate seeing it soon. Adding the the characters in the parks that we can see on the big screen being fresh and new and exciting. I I think it always adds value, especially as you visit the parks and be able to see these characters. So, and not only is it in Hollywood studios here at Walt Disney World, but it's also at the Disneyland resort at Disneyland park as well. I really hope that they keep putting live action characters in the parks. I feel like, and I was saying this to you guys before we started Hollywood studios has now turned to you are in the movie. It's no longer like you are creating the movie. It's now you are thrown into the movie. So why not put these live action characters from the movies in Hollywood studios? Because I want to meet the live action genie. Yeah. Like the, it just feels like the perfect spot for them. If you're going to put live action characters in and I feel like they can keep going with it. Yeah. Like there are other live action characters that they can put in that I would really enjoy seeing. Yeah. Rotate them in. If you could meet any character from a movie, I guess recent or old, that's not currently in the park, who would it be? Live action or not live action? Uh, It doesn't matter. Either. Mine's Genie. I'm standing by that one. If I could meet, like, full-on Robin Williams Genie, that'd be really cool. That would be really cool. That would. I don't even know. Yeah, you do. Come on. Do I? I don't know. I just feel like... (laughs) Because I would have said Baymax, but I already met Baymax. Who's yours, Bruce? You know, I, I'm thinking of recent movies, and I think I would want to have a conversation, take a photo with Drax. I didn't even think Marvel. That's fair. I mean, you can meet him in California, can't you? Yeah. I I have not, though. I oh, okay. I thought you were saying one that's like no one can meet right now. Oh, that's fair, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you can pull one out that is present or not present in, in the parks. Okay. This is such a hard question. Wayne uh, Zielinski. I want to meet <laughs> Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Give me Rick Moranis right now. There you go. Um, <laughs> oh, Rick, yours is probably from Tron, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> big, big Tron guy. Only the original. <laughs> OG yeah. only. Um, I think it would be cool to meet Milo Thatch. I knew you were going to say it. From Atlantis. Oh, okay. Nice, nice. That's one of my favorite old movies. And old movie, it's like ninety seven, I think. Okay, we're that's in two thousand twenty three. That is an old movie. Okay, I guess, I guess that's an old movie. <laughs> old movie to me is like Snow White. Well, it's not quite that old. Middle to old movie. Uh, yeah, I just like him as a character and his personality, and I think if they brought him into the parks, it would be really fun. So I guess I'll have to pick him. So Milo Thatch, final yeah. answer. Yeah, I think that'd be a good one. Okay, Drax, final answer. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. 
I stand by the genie. Fair. I think they're all good. I yeah. think so too. They're like they're quite the mix. <laughs> definitely a mix. They're, they're quite the squad. I can get on board with Drax though. I would definitely like to have a conversation with Drax too. Yeah, kind of. I kind of want to meet the characters from Guardians, which you know you can do out at um, Avengers Campus, and I kind of mm-hmm. want to dance to uh, Dog the Days? last song. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that song. Yeah. I do, I do too. I was uh, so happy when that song came on. Yeah, I kind of I kind of want to remake that last scene. Um, if you need yeah, if you need any background dancers, <laughs> I got you, Bruce. I think uh, you said spoiler, but I think by now people know that that song is in the movie, so yeah, it's fine. It's all over so. social media. Yeah, like that song is yeah. in the movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're fine. Cool, but that's really it. So we can get into some of these questions, Bruce. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. Absolutely. It was good. Uh, good talking with you guys and uh, look forward to the discussion ahead. So funny enough, today while we're recording an episode with frequently asked questions from vacation planners, our 407 tip is actually going to come from Magical Meg, the 407 official blogger. Vlogger? YouTube. V- vlogger? YouTube vlogger. Yeah. All right, here it is. All right, mixing it up. I know we've had all vacation planners. Now we have Meg of Magical Meg on YouTube, the official YouTube for 407 and beyond. So Meg, tell us your best park tip. Ooh, okay, my best park tip. So I I think especially because I like to be doing all the photography, videography, and everything, I have found bringing some type of a reusable charger with you is so good. You definitely want to have a power bank when you're doing long days in the park, especially because even if, you know, aside from taking photos, you use your phone for checking wait times, checking dining reservations. If you have Genie Plus, you're constantly getting on to book new reservations. So having a power bank is very important. Also, I like to bring my standard charger with me as well. I'll bring a charger and I'll bring the block. So then if you sit down at a restaurant, you know, sometimes you're near an outlet, you can plug in real quick. I found that that's also helpful to have with me. I was literally, when you were saying that, I was like, the restaurant, sometimes your table just happens to be near one, or sometimes the waiting area. Yeah. There's different spots with outlets in the waiting area, and having that charger to be able to use is so perfect. Yeah, that way you don't tap into your power bank just yet. You can use that Mm -hmm. if you really need it. This is like my pro tip. Anytime you see an outlet, plug in. I agree, because my Disney experience completely kills it on top of photos, videos, everything you're going to do, you're going to completely destroy it at Walt Disney World. Yes. Okay, and since we're in Hollywood Studios, just real quick, what is your favorite ride here? Toy Story Mania. Solid choice. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, Tina. And with that, just a reminder, you're about to hear a lot of questions submitted to us from the 407 and Beyond Vacation Co. Vacation Planners. These are the people who get asked these questions and answer them on the daily. I ask them, what are your most frequently asked questions by people who are new to Disney, people who have been to Disney a thousand times, just things that they ask you. And they gave them to me. And to be honest, they probably have every single answer anyway. Yeah. So if you are looking to book a vacation to Walt Disney World and you just don't know where to start, make sure to check out our friends at 407 and Beyond Vacation Co. As you know, they're a Disney Universal Orlando travel agency that's going to help plan your perfect family vacation So all you have to do is show up, have fun, and create family memories. You can start getting a free, no obligation quote at 407vacations.com. And as always, that's going to be in the show notes. So head on over and get that quote. Get your 2024 vacation started. Yeah. Get it planned. Get going. Get going. All right. So because we think this is probably going to be a two-part episode with how long the questions are, we do have them broken up into categories. Mm -hmm. So do you want to start with parks or transportation? We can start with parks. Okay. The one everyone's really here for. Yeah. Fair warning. There's going to be a lot of information in this episode. So be ready to soak it all in. And some of it might seem a little bit subjective. We're going to give you a few different scenarios. So Mm -hmm. like, okay, if your family likes this, try that. Yeah. We're going to tell you what we like, but we don't have kids. Like our answer could be different. We have nieces and nephews who go with us. So we have experience with kids. And we know what they like. So we'll give you that answer too. Yeah. Cool. So first question. This one is straight to the point. The one everyone wants to know. Is Genie Plus worth it? And how does it work? Starting off strong with a depends on the situation. Oh, so much. (laughs) Genie Plus is Walt Disney World's new or new-ish 
in the past few years. Mm-hmm. Fast pass system. So they now call them lightning lanes. If you were around for the last 20 years, they used to be called fast passes. Mm-hmm. And what they did was they were a way for you to basically hold your spot in line. Technically, it like helped you cut the line when it was your return time to come back. Yeah. So now Genie Plus ranges anywhere from $15 to well over $30 per person per day. And with it, you get to pick lightning lanes, which are the way that you now cut the line. Uh-huh. You get to pick one at a time, and you pick them either every two hours or after you cash in the one you have. It mm-hmm. is whatever comes first. Yep. That is the gist of it. That's a, that's a shortened version yeah, yeah, of how Genie Plus that's the surface. That's the surface of it. Yes. So... Two people going to Walt Disney World when it's a $15 day, going to Magic Kingdom, that's only about $30 that they're going to have to pay for Genie Plus, yeah. and they're going to be able to cut the lines all day. In Magic Kingdom, yeah, that usually is worth it. Yeah. It's plus tax also. <laughs> Six people going to Animal Kingdom on a $30 plus day. We are now well over $100. We're almost at $200 mm-hmm. in Animal Kingdom. Not worth it, in my opinion. I don't believe so either. Um, and the biggest thing, too, is even in a park like Magic Kingdom, where we say, for the most part, it's worth it all the time, you got to know how to do it right. And it can be very confusing. So, again, this is something that your vacation planner at 407 can help you with help you understand it a little bit better as you're planning your vacation because you do have to kind of work it the right way to make it worth it. Absolutely. In all situations. Absolutely. So from what we have gathered from using it over the last few years since it has come out, Magic Kingdom and Hollywood Studios are the two places where you're going to get the most bang for your buck with Genie Plus. Yeah, from our experience. Epcot and Animal Kingdom, we have actually never used it at because we don't feel it's worth it. Yeah, we've gotten everything done that we wanted to without it. Including the whole world showcase. Yeah. And still got on all the rides in Epcot without it. So those are the two that I'm going to say if you're looking for somewhere to save Mm -hmm. some money to be able to cut back, don't get it in those two parks. If it is in your budget and you are like, screw it, I just want to be able to get on rides as fast as possible, Mm -hmm. it is a really good way to do that. But it can be very expensive. And you have to remember, the days that it's more expensive, those are the days it's more crowded. Yeah. So if it's $15, you might be like, cool, I'm going to get on everything. But then you might have been able to walk on everything anyway. Mm -hmm. We got it one time when it was 15 when we did our day trip. Yeah. That was worth it. That was definitely worth it. The park was not super crowded, but since we had a limited amount of time because we flew from Philly to Orlando mm-hmm. and then we're flying home that night, it made it so we could do everything. But again, we were three adults paying for it. We weren't paying for an entire family to exactly. get this park. Yeah. So I'm going to say on a crowded day, if it is in your budget, it can be worth doing if you are a rides person. Yeah. If you could care less about the rides, I would not waste my money on it. Mm-hmm. If you have kids who hate rides, if you have kids who hate all the big rides, the more family-oriented rides, the lines don't get that long for. Yeah. At least in, like, Magic Kingdom. Like, you might be waiting, like, 20 or 30 minutes. Epcot, yeah, you're going to wait a while for Frozen or Remy's. Like, those are going to be a long wait. Yeah. But all in all, it is very subjective to your family and what you need. I don't think you need to break the bank for it, but I do think if it's in your budget on a busy day, if you have kids or if you yourself love roller coasters and mm-hmm. bigger rides, yeah, I think it can be worth it. Yeah, and you mentioned bigger rides a few times, and I think it's probably a good time to kind of give this little caveat of another question that was brought up, is what rides aren't included in the Genie Plus? Notably, it's most of the bigger rides. So in Magic Kingdom, we have Seven Doors Mine Train and now Tron. In Epcot, we have Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. In Hollywood Studios, we have Rise of the Resistance. And in Animal Kingdom, we have Flight of Passage. So the big rides that are currently going right now 
are not included in Genie Plus. You can get an individual lightning lane for it, but you can't it's not included in the Genie Plus. And personally, I think that can be much more worth it. So for instance, Tron and Guardians of the Galaxy right now, they both have a virtual queue. Yeah. So if you want to ride them, you need to get it in the virtual queue to have the option to get on the ride mm-hmm. when your virtual queue is called. One thing that we did when we went and rode Guardians of the Galaxy for the first time was we got it with the virtual queue, and then we also bought the individual lightning lane Yep. because we weren't doing Genie Plus that day, so we mm-hmm. weren't worried about spending too much money. So we paid, I think, 16 or 17 for the individual lightning lane, and then we were able to ride the ride twice. Yeah, because that was our main goal was get on it and then probably get on it get again. Get on it again. <laughs> so we were able to ride it twice. So that's something to consider, too. Do you want to put your money into the whole park uh-huh. or do you want to put your money into one ride? Yeah. For Epcot, one ride was all we needed and then we were able to do the other rides without having to wait in a huge line. Yep. Because it's Epcot. The lines aren't too bad for the rides. Do single rider line for test track and you're good for the rest of the day. Yeah. Like it's so perfect. If you're not super worried about the fireworks, hop on Frozen right before they start. The wait will be five minutes because all the kids are gone or watching the fireworks. You're going to basically walk right on. Like there's so many different ways to do it without needing Genie Plus. But again, it can definitely be helpful, but it's not a necessity. Yeah. All right. So our next parks question. This one's a tough one. Mm -hmm. The way that they worded it makes it a little easier to answer. Yeah. How many days should I book to allow me to visit and do everything I want to do in all four parks? Could be four. Could be seven. (laughs) Depends on how many rest days you need. (laughs) Well, and I think the key words there are everything I want to do. Yeah. So with that in mind, before you book, sometimes it's helpful to sit down and do your research about what the parks have and decide what's important to you. Yeah. And make that list. And then when you look at it, say, do I need a full day in every park? Do I need two days in some parks? Yeah. If you have kids, you might want two days in Magic Kingdom. Yeah. Especially if you want them to ride all the rides and see all the characters and watch the cavalcades and watch the fireworks. Like, first of all, that's a lot for a kid to do. Mm-hmm. But second of all, it's just a lot in general. Like, it's a lot of stuff. Yeah, it is. When you sit down and you make your list of everything you want to do, that is 1,000% something to consider of how many days you need in each park. Yeah. And I also want to say here as well, it's important to not expect to be able to do everything. Oh, yeah. Like you said, prioritize what you want to do because you're not going to be able to do everything in four park days. Like if you want to get everything done, you're going to need more than four park days. There is so much to do in Disney. Mm-hmm. It is insane. Yeah, just something to keep in mind when you're deciding what you want to do at each park. And like Rick said, rest days are really important. So this question was, how many days should I book? Well, if you want to go to all four parks, like you want to at least hit all of them, Mm -hmm. you're probably going to need a rest day in there. It would help. It would definitely help. If you are young and dumb, have no kids, you're ready to go, go every day. If you think you can do it, do it. We've done it. We have done it. We did a seven-day trip where we got there the first night, went out to eat, went to bed, and then we did five days in a row of parks, Mm -hmm. woke up on the last day, went to breakfast, and went home. Yeah. Like, we did a full five days nonstop Uh in the parks. So, it's possible. But, again, if you have kids and you're going to run them into the ground. (laughs) Not saying it's impossible, but it's it's near impossible to do four straight park days if you have kids, I feel like. It might be a little easier if you give them a break. Give them a day by the pool. Yep. Give them, And even that's exhausting for kids. Give them a nap. Give them whatever they need. Uh-huh. So for this question, you definitely need to know your family. I would say make sure you have planned at least one full day in the park. In each park, yeah. Definitely make sure you don't fall into the trap of... Animal Kingdom is a half day park because if you want to get, if you want to get everything done, you're going to need a full day. Especially if you really want to see everything. If yeah. you, if you actually want to go on the safari or on the jungle trek, you want to take your kids back to Rafiki's Planet Watch, you want to go back to Rafiki's Planet Watch. There's a whole petting zoo back there. You want to see the characters. Animal Kingdom has some great characters. Yes. So there is a lot to do in all of the parks. 
Um, so if you want to see all of them, you're going to need at least four or five days. That's saying you went to all of them one time. Uh-huh. So just make sure you prioritize what is the most important to you. Decide if you need a fifth park day. Yeah. And within that, if you have the ability to put in rest days, because also you don't want to miss out on Disney Springs. Yeah. Disney Springs is nice. Mm-hmm. They have great food, great entertainment. Kids love it. Adults love it. It's it's a good time. Good nightlife if you're without kids. Yeah. It is a great time. So if you have the ability to include that, definitely recommend that too. Mm-hmm. Got a lot to do. Yeah. So what what was our answer for that one then? Subjective to your I family. I would say, but... I mean, at least four, I think is... <laughs> oh, I was thinking we came up with the answer of at least six. Yeah, I mean, I... I... To just do the parks, at least four, I would I would build in two rest days, at least personally. But I'm including, like, your get there and your leave day. There. Which I know some people will, like, get there and go right to a park, which is fine, especially if you mm. get there really early. But, so that's where I got six. Gotcha. Maybe just move there. Yeah, that's a good idea. And you probably mm. still won't do everything Disney has to offer. Yeah. So, our next question that was submitted also might help you out a little bit with getting to everything you want to see in the parks. Uh The question is... Do I need to add on Park Hopper? And I say this is kind of helps out with getting to everything because say you miss something in one park that you want to do. You miss two things. You can use your Park Hopper to do, say, Animal Kingdom for most of the day and then the end of the day hop over to that park and finish up what you need to finish up. Definitely. It definitely can be a great resource. However, I think it is also, when it comes to the parks, the first thing I would cut if I need to stay more within a budget. For sure. Park Hopper is so expensive, and it is added to every day, even if you are only park hopping one day. If you have a five-day ticket, you have five days of Park Hopper. That's fair. You can't do, my five-day ticket is only a Park Hopper for one day. Mm. It's, do I need to add on Park Hopper? No, you don't. You can go without it. It's not a must-have. If you think that you're going to want to be all over, go ahead and add it on. Yeah. Park hopping takes a lot of time. It does. Especially, let's say you're going from Magic Kingdom to Animal Kingdom. A long bus ride. Nice long bus ride. You got to wait for the bus, too. Mm -hmm. So, it can take a while, which is fine. If you are, if you're aware of that, mm-hmm. people, I know people come from California where you can just walk from one park to the other yeah. and they're like, how do I get there? Yeah. What do you mean? You mean I need to take a 30 minute bus ride? Exactly. So to answer the question of, do I need to add on park hopper? I do agree with you. It can be a great resource uh-huh. as far as getting everything done that you want to get done. But I personally think that if you are looking for a way to budget your trip, and save some money. It's a perfect thing to cut out. To not account for. I would rather put my money into Genie Plus. I was just going to say that. Over Park Hopper. Like yeah. if I was looking for a way to get more done. Genie Plus would be my. And it's cheaper. And I think you would get more done with Genie Plus. Than you would with Park Hopper. Mm-hmm. That was going to be my next comment. I totally agree. I think Genie Plus is way more worth it. Yeah. But I. It's not a bad purchase because it is fun to go all over, especially if you have less time. If you only have two days and you're like, I want to hit all four parks. I just want to hit the biggest stuff. I'm yeah. not trying to get everything done. I'm just trying to do like a few rides in each and like mm. get a taste of it. Yeah. Especially if you've been there multiple times and you're like, I just want a little bit of everything. Then yeah, Park Harper definitely can be a great perk. Yeah. But I don't think anybody needs it per se, especially if it's your first trip. I prefer personally to just do one park at a time slow down take it slow here's the perk of park hopper you can go to guest services while you're there and get it added if you're on day one and you're like i really want to go to hollywood studios but i feel like i'm stuck at epcot right now you can go to guest services and they'll add it for you you do have to pay for it to be added to every day though even if you're on day five of your trip you have to back pay for it so that is also something to consider but it can be added. If you get there and you mm-hmm. change your mind, you can add it on later. I just personally don't think it's a must. 
that's the joy of Disney. You get to really customize your vacation. So if you feel yeah. like it's a must for you and like your family or your group is going to want to go all over Walt's creation, <laughs> you can. You can add it on right from the beginning. Yeah. Cool. Here's a good one. What's the best time to visit the park for the lowest crowds? Never. <laughs> <laughs> well, it used to be. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, there are, there are down times generally. I think the end of August is pretty empty because kids are going back to school. Yeah, down south too. They go back to school a lot sooner. They start like early August. Uh huh. Where up north, they go back usually after Labor Day. Yeah. So like there's that sweet spot where all the kids from down south are back mm-hmm. and the kids from up north haven't gone back yet. So like all the yeah. northerners come down. Yeah. And they get like a, a good vacation in with less crowds mm-hmm. before their kids start school. So Labor Day weekend can be kind of crowded. Not as crowded as, say, like, 4th of July. Yeah. Or, like, Memorial Day weekend. But, like, it can be pretty crowded. Oh, my gosh. Every weekday after Labor Day weekend, empty. Because <laughs> no one's taking their kids out of school. Yeah. So September is usually pretty good because school just started. So, like, people don't want to take their kids out yet. Yeah. So if you don't have kids, that is a great time to go. If you have kids and you don't mind taking them out of school, also a great time to go. Yeah. We'll just go through the whole calendar for you guys. That's fine. First week of October still falls into that. Mm-hmm. And then it starts to get a little crowded with Halloween. Yeah. Once the holiday season hits, it, it kind of picks up a little bit. There's a, yeah. generally a little bit of a gap in the beginning of December. Yeah, it's that after Thanksgiving, but before it's like hardcore Christmas. Yeah. Yet. Because again, people don't want to take their kids out of school when they're about to have two weeks off. Exactly. So that one's a pretty big one. Columbus Day, middle of October. That week's normally pretty crowded because, you know, a long weekend. People are like, oh, cool. I only have to take this many days off of work. The first week of January starts to die down a little bit, but then they do their marathon weekend. Mm. So any run weekend is going to be crowded. Yep. Any of them. That weekend's going to be crowded. And... The week before and after it tends to be, I'm not going to say it's like, oh my gosh, in the red crowded, but like it's probably in the yellow. Yeah, it's a little bit, it's a little bit more crowded because sometimes what people will do is they'll plan their vacation around the Mm -hmm. run. So they'll do the vacation the week before or after. Personally, I would do the week after. That way I'm not tired from the week before to do my run. That'd be terrible. <laughs> like, you imagine you do 50,000 steps a day for five days and then you have to go run a marathon. That just sounds horrible. <laughs> we went to the park the day before I did the half marathon. And by mile 11, I was like, this is it. This is how I go. Yeah. But then I saw the genie and I was good. <laughs> Woke me up. Although my, my mile times dropped by like two minutes a mile. Like it was, it was bad. <laughs> if you think you have a great weekend in January, February, March, or April, Check and see if there's a run. There's usually runs in November, too. It's the one in Dinah's in November. Yeah. So check and see if you have a run the weekend that you're there. If it, if it looks like it costs more than it should, there could be a run that weekend. Yeah. March through April, spring break. Don't recommend it. Beginning of May, pretty good until Memorial Day. And then you get the summer crowds from Memorial Day until beginning of August. Yeah. So that was our full circle moment. Final answer, based off of that, August and September, I think, are the best. Yeah. And then random weeks in, like, November and December. In if between you get holidays. Before the, yeah, like, perfectly between the holidays. January, February. Because it's when people don't want to bring their kids out of school. Yeah. They just had a break or they're yeah. about to have a break. Yeah. So, you can actually find crowd calendars online that are pretty helpful. So, look into them if you're curious. They can definitely be very helpful. But my favorite time is August, September. My favorite time temperature-wise is January, February. I was going to say, make sure you keep the heat in mind if you're going to go in August. (laughs) Yeah. Temperature-wise, definitely January, February. All right. So now we got a few more at-the-park questions. Where's the best place to stand for the fireworks? In a perfect world, directly in front of the (laughs) castle. In a perfect world, right in front of the partner statue for me is like ideal beauty you got to get there like an hour and a half so before the, over that seat so if we're not in an ideal world which most of the time we aren't i like just off to the sides honestly as long as as long as there's no like structure in your way 
you'll be able to see everything that's projected onto the castle and the fireworks with mostly no issues. Yeah, I feel like if the projections matter to you, just make sure you can see the castle. That can literally be all the way down Main Street. You can still see the castle. If it's not Christmas time, the top of the train station, you have to get there really early for that one. Uh But that's a really good one. If it is Christmas time, the tree's in the way of the castle. Mm -hmm. If you're in the hub, just make sure there's no trees blocking the castle or blocking the sky from your angle. Yeah. Because the sky is where the fireworks are. Mm -hmm. You are going to have to get there kind of early to get anywhere like that. Yeah. But you can get some really cool views. Yeah. I will say this too. Just for like eye viewing, because it's different on your phone, which we don't recommend videotaping. On, uh, if you do, just don't hold it above your head. Yeah, but see just, last week's episode. But just for like your eyes viewing pleasure, a little bit farther back, if you're looking for the projections, is also good because sometimes when you're a little too close, they don't like mesh together as well, and it kind of I don't really know how to describe it. Like mesh with the fireworks. It's like when well, no, it's like when I'll you, catch myself watching one or the other, and I'll be like, no, I want to watch both. Yeah, well, no, I'm saying like when you stand like too close to a TV, you can't always make out the shapes that you're seeing. Whereas if you step back, then you see everything nice and clear. And since it is a projection on the castle, sometimes it's a little bit clearer if you're a little bit farther back. I think you need to go to the eye doctor because no. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but hopefully some listeners will message us hopefully and back you up hopefully they understand what i'm trying to say i don't it's have not, that it's issue not, no it's not like a vision problem it's it's mm-hmm. it's hard to describe just manifest that your eyes are fine i like just this. go in front of the partner statue <laughs> if you don't mind not seeing the projections there are some really great places to stand i have stood over on the side on the bridge that is along the river around Tom Sawyer's Island. Mm-hmm. That bridge over there, great view. Oh my gosh, freaking beautiful. Mm. Tomorrowland, really anywhere in Magic Kingdom that you can see the sky. Like, yeah. it can be a really good view. That bridge was like my favorite. Like, the Liberty Square Riverboat was sitting there all lit up and beautiful. The video is on our Instagram a few times. Yeah. And will probably be posted again with this episode. <laughs> There are some very cool places to stand around the park. You do not have to be on Main Street if you don't care about the projections. You'll still hear the music. You'll still enjoy the fireworks show. Mm-hmm. On a ride, super cool. If you can time it right that you are on Big yeah. Thunder Mountain during the fireworks, if you don't yeah. care about the projections, oh my gosh, it's so magical. That or Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. Or magic. Tiana's Bayou Adventure, formerly known as Splash Mountain. Yeah, was once that awesome opens, during the fireworks. It's so Because you get to see them multiple times because yeah. you're in and out. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of good places, and we're not going to get too far into it because I know we've talked about it on multiple other episodes, but outside of the park, if you're just looking for the fireworks, there's a lot of really cool spots, like the Polynesian. like Polynesian Beach, baby. uh, It's my favorite spot. California Grill is another one that- They have the full viewing deck. Yeah, they have the full viewing deck. So there are other spots outside the park, which, like I said, you can go back and listen to other episodes. We've talked about that before, but in the park, yeah, there's, there's a lot of good spots depending on what kind of experience you're looking for. Well, in the next episode of this is probably going to cover resorts, which that will definitely be included. For sure. Because that is a pretty frequently asked question. Yeah. So, great spot. Absolutely great. If you are in Epcot, anywhere around the World Showcase Lagoon, you're fine. Biggest thing with that one, again, make sure there's not trees blocking the sky. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of trees around World Showcase Lagoon. Yeah. It's really easy to not realize you have a bad spot. You'll kind of tell because there won't be people there. Yeah, it's it's really <laughs> obvious, I think, in Epcot where the good and bad it's, spots are. <laughs> it's obvious in hindsight. In the moment, you're yeah. like, I got the best spot. And then the fireworks start and you're like, I can't see anything. No wonder no one's standing yeah. here. <laughs> so just make sure when you look up, there's not a tree. Fair. If you're going to Hollywood Studios, they have the projection show on the Chinese theater. Just make sure you can see the theater. For Fantasmic... There really isn't a bad spot. Yeah. They they have nailed Fantasmic down. Sometimes if you sit a little more to the side, you can see like how some of the Disney magic works. So if you're not interested in that, sit as close to the middle as you can. <laughs> Ways to do that, you can get the Fantasmic dining package. That can really help to make sure you are more towards the middle. If there's two shows, go to the second show. Mm-hmm. You'll have a greater pick of seats. Because um, when you are all the way on the side, like I said, you can see some of the, the Disney magic at work. Yeah. Which is actually, to me, I love that. Mm. I'm like, ooh, look how they did that. Especially because it's such an old show. Like, yeah. they didn't, they don't try and hide it as much. Yeah. So, 
there's some pretty good ones. Some places we recommend, and there are no fireworks in Animal Kingdom. Yeah, don't expect fireworks. <laughs> because of the animals. Yeah. So, no fireworks. Now, with this, what is the best location to watch parades? Personally? I want to hear yours first. Personally, I want to be at the very beginning. Okay. Tell me why. Because Tell me more. So, the very, the very end, like, so I'm picturing Magic Kingdom um, as as far as parades go. The very end is cool because you get to see it all with the castle and everything like that. I prefer the very beginning when they come out in Frontierland Mm -hmm. because then when they pass, you can just go start doing stuff again. And you still saw it. The student has become the master. (laughs) (laughs) I have taught you well, young grasshopper. (laughs) I agree. So I don't care at all about being on Main Street or being with the castle. Yeah, it's a really cool view, and you can actually get lightning lanes for it now if you have Genie Plus to get a reserved spot on Main Street. Here's the issue. So the parade starts at 3. It doesn't reach Main Street till like, 3.20. Yeah. But you still got to be camping out by, like, 2. Yeah. So that is, like, a big chunk of your day. Hour and a half of your day yeah. is gone. Which, if you're going to get lunch and wait around, perfect. But if it's yeah. crowded, you do have to be there mm-hmm. very early. I prefer, like Rick said, waiting in Frontierland, waiting in Liberty Square. The parade comes by. When it's done, you get to go ride rides. Yeah. You get to go do stuff. Mm -hmm. You get to go have a great time while everyone else is still waiting for the parade. This is great if you want to go do, like, maybe more of the small children rides Mm -hmm. then. Or go get on the big rides. Like, even those lines are shorter because of how many people are at the parade waiting on Main Street. Mm -hmm. And you waited in Frontierland. So it's done. Yep. You're done by 3.20. It's just getting to them. Yep. So that's a really big one and a very good point. Thank you, Young Grasshopper. (laughs) Another piece of this, though, and I found this very important at the Halloween party when they would do two parades. Mm -hmm. You need to know what side of the road you planned on standing on. If you plan on finishing watching the parade and going to Adventureland... Mm -hmm. And you're waiting in Frontierland. You need to be on the, that side of the road. Adventureland needs to be to your back while you're watching it. Yeah. Because the crowds are going to be insane after the fact. And then same idea. If you want to go literally anywhere else in the park that's not Adventureland, you need to be on the other side of the street on the Frontierland side. If you're in Liberty Square on the side where the Hall of Presidents and the Liberty Square Riverboat is, you need to be on that side. Because the crowds are crazy. Mm-hmm. And that's the quickest way for you to turn around, get out of those crowds, and yep. get where you want to go. Especially if it's on the other side of the park. Which is smart. Because everyone's running a Haunted Mansion mm-hmm. or Big Thunder after that. So if you're like, I'm going on Dumbo after this. That's the time to book it to the other side of the park. The reason I said about the two parades. You need to know the parade times. Because if you're in Adventureland when the parade starts, you're stuck in Adventureland. Yeah. It's a pain in the butt to try and get to the other side of the park. You have to like basically race the parade. And depending on where it's at, you could be stuck there. If you had plans to maybe watch the second parade and that's during the first or you already watched the parade. So just be aware of that. But personally, I like, like you said, Frontierland or Liberty Square on the right side. Right side. If the parade is coming, you're on its left. If you're staring at the parade while no, it's coming at you. if you're in the parade. If you're the Grand Marshal. Then the people on your left is where you want to be. Yes. Yeah. If you are staring at it while it's coming at you, you want to be on the right of the parade. You want to be on yeah. the side with the Liberty Square Riverboat, yeah. with Splash Mountain, all that right there. Mm-hmm. Because you can get to anywhere from there except Adventureland. Yeah. So that's our opinion on the best spot to watch the parade. <laughs> you get to see the entire thing. And everyone's on Main Street. So you're going to have some crowds there, but it's more going to be people that happen to be walking by and are like, oh, the parade's going to start soon because they see the tape on the ground. Uh The people who are lining up camping out, they're on Main Street. Yeah. So you're fine. If you're stuck on Main Street and you don't want to watch the parade, cut through the stores also. Yeah. Our next question is the last one that we have for the parks. How do I see what characters are in the parks? So there's a few ways. There's a good website called... AllEars.net has a great list. AllEars.net. So you can go there. They have a list of all the characters that are in the park in general. 
it doesn't have their availability though. So after you see what characters are in the park, you can go on the My Disney Experience app. You can either search the character name and it'll bring up where you can meet them. So if you type in Cinderella, it'll have meet Cinderella and a visiting princess at Princess Fairytale Hall. Click on that. It'll show you. It'll say show times. It's basically when she's going to be there. Here's the thing with that, though. You can search a character, and if they have a formal meet and greet, their timing will come out. It'll tell you what time. An example of one who doesn't have a formal meet and greet, Jack Sparrow. Jack Sparrow comes out all the time in Adventureland, and that's where AllEars.net has a great list because they tell you not only what park, what land in the park. So if you go on there, it literally says Adventureland, Jack Sparrow, Genie, Aladdin, Jasmine. So if you were to search Jack Sparrow, you're not going to see a time for him because he just comes out and walks around by pirates. Like He doesn't have a formal meet and greet. If you search Cinderella, you're going to get a formal meet and greet. You're going to get the exact times that you can meet Cinderella. You can get a lightning lane for it if you have that, if you have Genie Plus. So that's important to note is some characters on that list are, hey, these ones randomly walk around and some of them are... This is a formal meet and greet. You have to wait in line, and you're going to see them at this time. Yeah. The more popular they are, the more likely it's a formal meet and greet. You're not just going to see Mickey and Minnie walking around. Yeah. But you might see Jack Sparrow. You might see Drizella and Anastasia or the Fairy Godmother. And notably, you you will still have to wait in line for the ones that are just walking around. Mm -hmm. It's just not quite as organized as the other ones. Yeah. I mean, some of them really will just walk and not stop. Yeah. In a, in a fun way. Like, yeah. they just wander around and it's yeah. great. That tends to be on the less crowded days. Mm-hmm. That they can kind of get away with that. Like, I've seen, like, Drizella and Anastasia on the merry-go-round. Or on the carousel. Okay. Since I did just say carousel, that did remind me. Some rides are not included on Genie Plus, such as the carousel. That's because the lines don't get bad enough that they need one. If you're worried that a ride isn't on there, it's because you're not going to have to wait that long or... It would make the wait twice as long, probably, if they had Genie Plus. So yeah. don't worry about that. If you buy it and then you don't see it, just go hop online while you wait for your other one to be ready. All right. And then we have four more questions. These ones are about transportation. And then we are definitely going to end this episode for this week and make it a two-parter because we've already been talking for 40 minutes. Oh, lots of questions. <laughs> Not even including the news with Bruce. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So Transportation. How do I get from the airport to the hotel? There are a lot of options. There are a lot of options. We no longer have Disney's Magical Express, unfortunately, which was Disney's complimentary transportation. (laughs) But if you are staying at a Walt Disney World hotel, you can do the Sunshine Flyer or Mirrors Connect. Mm -hmm. They both run deals. They both are shuttles that will take you. To and from the airport, roughly $15 per adult, give or take a few dollars, either way, based off what deals they're doing. And roughly $12 per child, give or take, literally $12 sometimes. Yeah. Sunshine Flyer did kids go free. So yeah. that, again, is dependent on what deals they're doing. The biggest difference between these two, Mirrors is 24-7. Mm-hmm. Sunshine Flyer does start at, I believe, 7 and end at 11. I think 11 is when they stop. Yeah, yeah so... That is very important to note. Yeah, I think they, they don't take any flights coming in after 10 p.m. from the airport to the hotel. Because I remember my flight landed at 9.59, yeah. and I was able to take the Sunshine Flyer. So <laughs> that is very really important to note. That is the biggest difference you're going to find between the two. But those are really easy ways, especially if you have kids. You don't technically need a car seat on there. Yeah, They'll help you with your luggage. You can also rent a car. Parking on Disney property yeah. is free. You can get a cab, you can get an Uber, Uber or a Lyft. Yeah. Unfortunately, minivans do not run to the airport anymore like they used to, but who knows? Maybe one day. Yeah. Like Gina said, all those are possibilities. I think Mirrors and Sunshine Flyer are by far the way to go when it comes to airport to uh, property, though. So You can't count on the price of an Uber or a Lyft or a cab. We've gotten Ubers to the airport from Disney for $30. We've gotten them for $60. Yeah. So, like, sometimes it's like, oh, cool, this is cheaper than Sunshine Flyer would have been. And other times it's like, wow, we really just paid double what we would have. Yeah, the nice thing about Mirrors and Sunshine is 
There's a place for your luggage because mm-hmm. they just throw it all underneath. And there's a schedule. So you don't have to like rely on an Uber or a taxi ordering an Uber or a taxi just coming by. Like you just, you have the time and that's when you need to be there and it takes you where you need to go. To or from the hotel. Yeah. So our next question is besides the shuttle, what kind of transportation does Disney provide for getting from the hotels to various parks? And how long does it take to get from the resorts to the parks? Lots of variants in this question. I should have made it two parts. <laughs> Let's start with the first half. Besides the shuttle, what kind of transportation do we have? Well, we have a boat, depending on where you're at. Mm-hmm. We have the Skyliner, depending on where you're at. Mm-hmm. We have, obviously, the shuttles. We have the monorail. And I believe that's it. Besides, oh, we have the minivan. You can get a minivan yeah. if you really want. <laughs> but that one's not included. Yeah, a that minivan, one's not included. A minivan is Walt Disney's deal that they have with Lyft. Yeah. It's like their special Lyfts. Uh-huh. Cost more than a Lyft. Fair warning. But, yeah, I feel like we're forgetting something. I think that's it. You can walk. Some of the resorts are walk, walking yeah. distance from each other and from the parks. Those are the best ones. Yeah, they are. So... Bus, boat, Skyliner, monorail. I believe that's it. We're going to say that's it. Yeah, I can't think of any other ones, though. So different resorts have different transportation options. If you're staying at a monorail loop resort, that includes the Polynesian, the Grand Floridian, and the Contemporary. Mm -hmm. From there, you can take a monorail to Magic Kingdom or Epcot. Mm -hmm. If you are staying at any of those as well, you can also take a boat to Magic Kingdom. Yep. If you're staying at Wilderness Lodge, you can take a boat or a bus to Magic Kingdom. Oh my goodness, guys! I can like go off with all of these right now. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of factors. Yeah, yeah, this is a listen for your resort basically <laughs> to hear your transportation options. If you are staying in any of those resorts and trying to go to Hollywood Studios or Animal Kingdom, you have to take a bus. Uh-huh. If you want to be on the Skyliner, which hotels are on the Skyliner? That is. Yacht Club, Beach Club, Boardwalk, they are all on the Skyliner and have a back walking entrance to Epcot. Then we have Caribbean Beach and Riviera, mm-hmm. as well as Pop Century and Art of Animation. Mm-hmm. The Skyliner connects all of these resorts with both Epcot and Hollywood Studios. Mm-hmm. This is like my element right now. I'm, I'm cracking up right now because... This sounds incredibly scripted, but you're not reading off of anything. <laughs> this is straight off the dome. <laughs> okay. Back to it. If you were staying at Marriott's Swan or the Marriott Dolphin, they also can be walking distance to Epcot. Swan, Dolphin, Boardwalk, Yacht Club, Beach Club all have boats that can go to Epcot. They're called the Friendship Boats or Hollywood Studios. Mm-hmm. If you want to go to Magic Kingdom or Animal Kingdom from any of those five, you are going to have to take a bus. Yes. Now, Caribbean Beach, Riviera, Pop Century, Art of Animation, the other four that are on the Skyliner. Skyliner can go to Epcot or Hollywood Studios. If you want to go to Magic Kingdom or Animal Kingdom, you are going to have to take a bus. That leaves Coronado Springs, all of the All-Stars, and Animal Kingdom. Those ones, you are going to have to take a bus anywhere you go. Mm -hmm. There's no boats, no nothing to go anywhere. Bus everywhere. And then you have Port Orleans, Riverside, Port Orleans, French Quarter, Saratoga Springs, and Old Key West. All of these ones are connected to Disney Springs. Mm -hmm. There's a boat to Disney Springs. Anywhere else you want to go with these ones, you have to take a bus. Yes. Okay. I think that's all of them. You crushed it. I I think I did. You crushed it. I'm going to be so mad later. I'm going to be laying in bed and I'm going to be like, oh my God, I forgot a resort. (laughs) Uh, I don't think I did. Ugh, did I forget a resort? It's, I couldn't keep track, to be honest with you. It sounded like it. you were fine based on how many things you just went through. Hopefully everyone else can keep track. <laughs> they can slow it down and replay it if That's they, true. <laughs> they need to yeah. know. Listen for your resort. Um, there is your answer. If, no matter what, it's a bus to Animal yeah, Kingdom. If you, if you don't have the option of a Skyliner, a boat, or a, a monorail, you do have to take the bus wherever you're going. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, Fort Wilderness. Yes. Fort Wilderness, it is buses everywhere, but there is a boat to Magic Kingdom. Ta-da. Perfectly not confusing. Basically, <laughs> if you see a body of water next to your resort, it probably leads somewhere. There's probably a boat somewhere. The last question we have is actually pretty hilarious after all that big rant I just did. What is the best transportation to use? 
coming from someone who used all four of them in one day, I'm going to have to go. I like the boat. I think the boat's fun. I think the, a boat can be great, but can it also be the slowest way yes, to get it, somewhere? Yes, it can be slow, but I, I, okay, the buses is not horrible. It's just the worst out of all of them, option-wise. I don't mind them. I don't mind them, but again, bottom of the list. It's yeah. kind of like how Epcot's not horrible. It's just the worst out of the four. Got to get my Epcot dig in. Um, <laughs> so, boats, I would say, is best. Skyliner for me is second best, monorail, and then buses. Okay. But that is just for enjoying the ride, right? You're not talking like speed to get places? Speed-wise, I would say the Skyliner. Skyliner is quick. The Skyliner is very quick. Oh, you're only doing number one. Okay. Uh, oh, you want me to do speed-wise? Yeah, uh, okay. Me all of well, speed-wise, speed then I would go uh Skyliner, monorail, boat, bus. See, I'd go Skyliner, monorail, bus, boat. Depends on where you're going. Yeah. Usually the boat places are somewhat close together. And like, if you're going from the contemporary to Animal Kingdom, that's going to be a lot longer than a boat ride anywhere you're going on a boat from contemporary. Okay. So. Wait, contemporary to Animal Kingdom? That's not a thing. Oh, bus ride. Yeah, bus ride to, from Sorry. contemporary to you Animal Kingdom. You might have Kingdom. said bus, my brain is No, like... I didn't. I, that was something that I assumed. I apologize. That there was a boat? No, like, I assumed that it was interpreted that I meant bus oh, ride okay. from, from Contemporary like, to Animal I Kingdom. Just, <laughs> I was like, I just made it very clear that there is no way to get to Animal Kingdom. So when you take the a... Skyliner from Contemporary to Animal Kingdom. <laughs> and this will be the last episode of Spill the Tea. <laughs> okay, my personal opinion on the best transportation, it is dependent on what resort you're at. I do agree, usually no matter what, the Skyliner is probably the quickest. Sometimes your own two feet can be a lot quicker. Yeah. Like, if you're staying at Boardwalk... I love the walking resorts. There's a walking path to both Epcot and Hollywood Studios. Epcot, you obviously have to walk past the Skyliner or get into it, so you're just walking. But, like, you could technically walk to the Skyliner and then take the Skyliner to Hollywood Studios. Uh Uh-huh. But, like, walking's probably quicker because you have to get on the Skyliner and then there's a spot where you have to switch Skyliners at, yeah. like, the main hub at Caribbean Beach. So, if you can walk, your feet are probably the quickest way. Yeah. Most likely for most options. Like, walking from the Contemporary is so much quicker than the monorail from the Contemporary. Yeah. Walking from the Grand Floridian, Nah, monorail's probably quicker. If you don't have to wait for the monorail, it's probably quicker. Yeah. The walk itself is like 10 minutes. So, it avoids the wait. Yeah. Especially if your room is down by the path where it starts. If your room is on the other side by the Polynesian, it's going to take longer. Uh-huh. So, best transportation, I'm going to say Skyliner is the quickest. Monorail, if you're on the monorail loop, is the quickest. Mm-hmm. That would beat Skyliner. But yeah. it's also not going as far. Yeah. But, yeah, Just that's one, definitely one the quickest. Circle. They always say that the monorail and the ferry boat are exactly the same from the parking lot. I don't think they are. I think the monorail's quicker. I think if you get on them both at the same time and they take off at the same time, there's a potential for them to be close. But I still think the monorail maybe edges it out. Oh, I think monorail's winning. Well, the monorail's going to have to stop. No, when it comes from the Ticket and Transportation Center, it's a direct. There's two different ones. There's a resort one that goes to all the resorts, uh... and there's a direct. Gotcha. The resort one would lose that battle, but I think the direct one would beat the ferry boat. Yeah. Yeah, best transportation to use is definitely going to be dependent on where you're staying, what they offer, how close you are to wherever you're going. Worst comes to worst. Ask your vacation planner based off what resort you're at. Uh-huh. Or ask a cast member at the resort. Yeah. Ask the people at front desk. Be like, hey, I'm staying here at the Grand Floridian, and I know that I can walk, I can take a boat, or I can take the monorail. Mm. What's my quickest bet? And they're going to tell you, and they're going to be honest with you 90% of the time. Yeah. If they don't know, they might just make it up, but they probably know. Yeah. They see how often they come by. They've done it. They've gone before (laughs) or after their shift. Uh, Yeah. So, something to keep in mind. Also, one last thing. If you're taking a boat. You usually, certain boats, you don't have to. Like, for instance, the ferry, you don't have to. But you usually will have to fold up your stroller. You don't have to fold up your stroller on the Skyliner, on the monorail. Or on a bus. You do have to fold your stroller on a bus. Oh. You do. 
Um, but you don't have to if you walk. This is true. It's true. So boats and buses, you will most likely have to fold your stroller. Skyliner, monorail, walking, you'll be good to go. So something to keep in mind if you're trying to pick. Sometimes the convenience of not having to take your child out of the stroller yeah. can make having to wait an extra five minutes worth it. So in that instance, that does change what would be considered the best transportation for yeah. you. But again, ask your travel agent, ask the cast members at the hotel, or ask us. You can message us. We'll give you an answer. Yeah. I might ask you five questions first, like tell me all about your family so I know what, what I'm working with. But yeah. <laughs> Do you have a stroller? What side of the resort is your room on? <laughs> Makes all the difference. But we're going to stop there. That was a lot. That was a lot. And we still have three more sections to go. So we're going to stop there for right now. Stay tuned for the next parts. Mm-hmm. For part two and possibly part three at this rate. Yeah. Of our most frequently asked vacation planner questions. And thank you again to all the vacation planners from 407 for sending us these questions because that's where we got these from. They sent us their most frequently asked questions from their clients that they help plan vacations for. So thanks again to them. And thank you again to them for sitting through the wait times today <laughs> with the Disney website. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. That is it, though. So, guys, thank you so much for listening. We love you all. Be sure to follow us on social media if you don't already. And until next week, we will see you at the castle.